to Deuteronomy chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Did anybody watch the Pacquiao fight last night? Okay. Here's how it went down. We were at Art's house. No Filipinos. And everybody wanted Marquez. I wanted Pacquiao. It was a great six rounds. I mean, they were going at it. They were fighting. Marquez got his nose broke in the sixth round. But in the seventh round, he, Pacquiao got caught. And, you know, I got started getting clowns, so I left. You know, I said, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I had to take Pastor Will, and I had to take Gregory and Manny back to the men's home. I said, okay, and they're clowning me all the way. All the way. Like I'm his manager or something. So I did what every man of God does. I dropped them off, and I called my wife. I said, Gloria, Pacquiao got knocked out, cold on his face. And she said something. You know, sometimes God speaks to women. Amen. Well, a lot of times. And she said, because he's not following the call of God in his life. And I started to dwell on that and think about it. And he got saved last year where he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So he's a brother in the Lord, so quit clowning him, okay? Now, but so other than that, since he got saved, he had a fight. He fought Bradley. He beat Bradley. I mean, he beat Bradley every, I gave Bradley one round. He lost the fight. God was trying to speak to him. So he's not listening to God. He's listening to boxing. He's listening to the world. Fight Marquez. So what did God do? I don't think Marquez hit him that hard. I think God gave him that shot to get his attention. Sure, he used Marquez, but if you looked at the punch, it was like, bing! Marquez wasn't even looking. Pacquiao wasn't looking. That punch came out of nowhere. Everybody say, nowhere. I believe that God directed that punch. And he hit him so hard. Pacquiao never been knocked out. But he went right on his face. Right then I go, oh, he ain't getting up. <laughs> but you see, sometimes God has to do things in our life to get our attention. And I know in my life, God had to do it to me. Because I was doing my thing. And I want to understand something here as we close out 2012, God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us in this church. And I don't want to be the one that God has to punch in the face to get my attention. Because when God punches you in the face, the whole world will see it. Are you with me? Are you at Deuteronomy chapter 2? Okay, the title of this morning's message is Time to Turn. Time to turn. Deuteronomy chapter 2, we're going to jump off, we're going to read three verses, and we're going to take off. Are you there? Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, 
You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward. Everybody say, turn northward. See, have you ever felt in your life, maybe this last year, that you're going through the motions, you're doing a lot of stuff, but you're not where you need to be? You feel like you've been going and going and working and working, but you're like on a treadmill. You're not really going anywhere. And God may be trying to get your attention, like Pacquiao. Sometimes God has to break us to make us, and we need to understand that. See, Pacquiao has a higher calling than he's achieving. Boxing, he did all he needs to do in boxing. But now he has great influence through the kingdom of God. And he needs to understand that God's calling is more important than money. It's more important than fame. It's more important than whatever you could think of. It's God's calling upon our lives. Are you with me? See, he's been there long enough. It's time for him to change. And I believe we are in a situation here where we have been going through seasons in this church. I've been here nine, ten months now. So I'm talking as a brother that's been watching, observing, looking, amen, and helping. Now, we are experiencing a time of change. I really believe that with all my heart, that God wants to do a new thing in 2013. Are you guys with me? He wants to begin to do something that we don't even understand. There's going to be things taking place, and miracles, signs, and wonders are going to begin to happen through this ministry. But in order for that to happen, we have to take our place. Are you guys with me? I need to hear you now sometimes because I might get on fire up here. I might take off my jacket, throw it down on the floor over here. But if you're not with me, it doesn't matter. I need you to get this in your spirit. We are going through a season of change. It's coming. See, you, you can't stop change. You can't stop it. You either adjust it, adjust to it, you resist it, or you make it. You make it happen. You bring the change. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the ones that say, you know what, I want to bring it. I want to bring it. I want to see Hayward transform. I want to see the East Bay transform. I want to see the world transform. You have to understand, we are an international ministry, and we need to send people out to different countries. But if we don't take our place, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? It's time for change. Turn your neighbor and say, it's time for change. That's my first point. We're called to bring change, if you're taking notes. See, the Bible told the Hebrew people, you've been in this place long enough. You've been in this situation long enough. If you look at Mount Seir in the Hebrew, it means a rough, rugged place. How many know sometimes serving the Lord is hard? It's, man, you got your marching orders and you're marching, but sometimes it's like marching with a rock in your shoe. And you're hurting, man. Every ah, oh, it hurts, it hurts, man. But you're moving forward, you're moving forward, you're moving forward, but it's still hurting. Sometimes it gets like that when you're a soldier of God. Amen? It's not all rosy and all, you put on some rosy colored glasses and, Ooh, yeah, let's tiptoe through the tulip. That doesn't always happen. It probably never does. Because if you're in a cutting-edge ministry like Victory Outreach, how many know we're radical? We're radical. So that means the devil doesn't like us very much. 
So that means when we go out and do our battle, especially in the coming year, we need to understand Jesus is coming back. I don't know if it's going to be on the 21st. Is this on? I don't know if the Mayans had the right you know, calendar. I don't know about all that. But I know one thing. He's coming back. And he's going to come back, and we got to be about our Father's business. And in order for us to do that, we have to understand, even though we're going through stuff financially, even though we're going through stuff physically, even though we don't know sometimes where we're even going, sometimes we got to understand that God is bringing us through these rough spots because he wants to change us. He wants to say, you know what? Yeah, sometimes it's going to hurt. You might get knocked down, but you got to get up. You might get hurt, but you got to get up. You might go through this, but you got to get up. You can't let nothing stop you from the call of God upon your life. Sometimes we get spiritually dry. Anybody got spiritually dry? Man, we go through things in life. Life happens. And we get dry. You got to get up. You got to get up. Don't wait for someone to come to your house and motivate you. If you say, you know what, I know what I need to do. I need to get on my knees. I need to pray to God. I need to ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon my life. Then I got to get up and take care of business. I'm not going to let anything keep me down. Are you tired of the same old problems? Man, 2012 was problematic. God's saying you've skirted this mountain long enough. It's time to progress. It's time to quit going around in circles with nothing happening in your life. Surrender yourself to God. That's really what God is saying. You've tried your way. It didn't work. Remember how it was before you came to church, before you came to Christ. Think about it. Many of us, not all of us, but many of us were substance abusers. <laughs> Amen? Now, some of you abuse the television. Some of you abuse gambling, other things, drugs, alcohol, whatever the case may be. But we were substance abusers. What I mean by substance is anything you put before God. Okay, money abuse, whatever it is. And God is saying, no, you, you've tried it your way, but there was an emptiness. There was no purpose, no direction. And God said, I have a plan for your life. And we came to church. You remember the first day that you gave your heart to Jesus Christ? It just felt like the world lifted off your shoulders. Some of you, maybe you haven't accepted Christ, but you'll have an opportunity today. But for those of us that have, we know that when we came, all of a sudden, man, it was like a freshness, a newness, like you felt clean for the first time maybe in your entire life. That's the plan of God for our lives. You skirted the mountain long enough going around in circles, confused. How many have been confused last year? I went through some confusion, man. You know, all of a sudden, here I am walking in my calling, being obedient to God, being in the Philippines, doing what God called me to do. And then all of a sudden, bam, issues with my daughter. And I would even question it sometimes, God, how come you're using me to pray for people? They're getting healed. They're getting their miracle. I'm seeing signs and wonders, but not my daughter. Bam. 
It happens. Life happens. Do you quit? Do you run from God or do you go to God? Are you with me? Life's going to happen. There's going to be fear. Fear of the future. People are freaking out over the Mayan calendar. What? Look at our, look at our economy. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their homes. Everything's up in the air now. We don't know what the next four years are going to bring, the next 10 years, even if we're going to be here in 10 years. We don't know. We've skirted this mountain long enough. Some of us have been betrayed. We've been hurt. We went through stuff emotionally. The emotional scars are the hardest ones to deal with. Physical ones, eh, no problem. But the emotional ones, the ones no one can see, sometimes that will take you out of the game. Misery, shame. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a turnaround. I'm ready for change. I, I don't want to be stuck the same way in 2013 as I was in 2012. I want every week to get greater and greater and greater. I want to see this church packed out. I want to see us in double service. I want to see us be able to go and, and follow the vision of Pastor Stevan and eventually buy a building. We need to, to step out in faith and quit skirting the mountain, man. Submit ourselves to the plan of God. Oh, well, I don't feel good, so I'm not going to go to church. Shut up. What if Jesus said, I don't feel good. I don't feel like getting nailed to a cross. Man, they're going to spit on me and pluck out my beard and whip my back. No way. No way. No, he did it. Why did he do it for you and I? And we complain because we don't have the right outfit. Amen? I've heard it. <laughs> oh, I'm sick and my back. If you're sick and your back hurts, you got all these problems, you need to be in church. Where are you going to get your miracle? Laying in the bed watching TV? Nah. Your back's going to hurt more. Let me tell you, you lay down, it's going to hurt more. You got to move it. Everybody say, move it. From Genesis to Revelation, the Word of God is always turning things around. You have to understand that. One of the worst case scenarios is in Ezekiel 37. And it talks about a valley of dry bones. I'm not going to turn there. But when Ezekiel went and God directed him to this valley of dry bones, it looked hopeless. It looked impossible. It looked like nothing could change, nothing could happen. Bones were scattered everywhere. It wasn't like they were laying there as skeletons. There was thigh bones over here and heads over there, stuff over here, all kinds of stuff. It was separated. But God tells them, you know what, you need to prophesy over these bones. And because Ezekiel, he wanted to be obedient to God, he began to prophesy. And as he began to prophesy, all of a sudden something began to happen. The Bible says that the bones began to shake. They began to shake, and the sinews and the ligaments and the muscle began to come together. Everything came together. And, and see, God wants to shake some of us up here this morning. He says, you know, it's time for you to prophesy in your own life. Stop talking negative. Stop looking down at your brother, your sister. Stop being negative, man. Begin to prophesy good stuff. Begin to prophesy success. And God's going to give you that job. You're going to get a house. You're going to get that new car. That God's going to move in your life. Begin to prophesy in your life. 
Oh, but you know, everybody else gets blessed but not me. We, we had a calendar meeting yesterday, and uh, we went to Casper's. This lady had a shirt that said, blah, 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 blah. I go, that's what a lot of it sounds like, blah, 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 blah. Because we're speaking death. We're speaking curses upon our own lives. It's time to be, begin to prophesy God's plan. I know God's going to use me. I know God's going to raise me up. I know God's got a city with my name on I know God's going to use me to teach your children. I know God's going to use me to teach a group. I know God's going to use my life for his honor and his glory. I'm bringing healing to my family. I know my daughter's going to get well. I know my son's going to get well. I know my family's going to be together. I know my marriage is going to be strong. Begin to speak life. Prophesy. We're our own worst enemy sometimes. We blame everything on the devil. Ah, the devil's using you, sweetheart. No, you're listening to the lie. He's trying to help you out. Everything began to change when he began to prophesy. And the end result was an army that was equipped and ready for battle. That's what we want to see here. An army that's equipped and ready for battle. But you got to believe in yourself. Don't let the past hurt you. Don't let, you know, you got to start feeling the change coming. It, it's like an atmosphere. You know, when we pray, we worship, we bring a certain atmosphere into the church. But you got to bring that daily within our lives. We have to be able to get a hold of God in the morning and, you know, get a hold of the atmosphere of God. And that brings change. It brings new thoughts. It brings vision. It brings purpose. It brings direction. And all of a sudden, you begin to see what God sees in you. And you begin to see where God wants to lead you and direct you and bring you. And it's exciting. It's exciting serving the Lord. Pacquiao thinks it's good fighting. No, man, start fighting the devil, brother. That's more exciting. I'm telling you. Because God's going to send some of you out. You better believe it. 2013 is going to be different. It's not going to just be Pastor Will and Dana going out. There's going to be a lot of you. God is going to begin to raise you up, men and women alike. You're going to begin to sense and feel. Even maybe today, something's going to start shaking in your life. And you're going to say, you know what, God? I need what's shaking. I need to change. I need to answer the call of God upon my life. There's a season of change. It's beginning. There's going to be new doors opening up for us. You watch. This is our year. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is our year. We're going to be making new connections with people. We had an exciting time making the calendar. I'm excited about what's going to happen next year. There's going to be a fresh anointing upon your life. you got to get excited about something, man. <laughs> this is VO, right? We used to be messed up, right? Tore up from the floor, wrecked up from the neck up. And all of a sudden, God changed our lives, and we're not excited? Yeah. Come on, work with me now. I'll start having you do jumping jacks. I did that to my church one time. I said, stand up and do jumping jacks. we got to wake up. Get ready. See, somebody right here in this room is going to go somewhere you've never dreamed of. You're going to go to a place where, where God's going to lead you and, and nobody's even been there. You're going to have a, a pioneering spirit. And God's going to say, you know what, I'm going to raise you up to do a brand new work. 
whether it's in this church or whether it's across the ocean or a different city, it doesn't matter because God is raising you up. New steps in new territory. Number two, we are called to walk in faith. How do you activate faith? Well, first, of course we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but you activate it by stepping out. You've got to step out. You can't activate your faith if you're just sitting around doing nothing. It means you've got to step out. Take a step. Bam! And you know what? Why we call it faith? Because God doesn't give you the whole plan. He'll give you bits and pieces as you take your walk. Are you with me? When I went to the Philippines, I had never preached behind the pulpit. I was afraid. I was fearful. Still am. When I get up here, it's all God. It ain't me. But I never preached the gospel. I just said, I want to go help. God called me. Nobody believed me. Because I remember, man, we got back from uh, the World Conference 1993. We were in Pomona, double 10. You know, it was big. During worship, man, God called me in worship. And, you know, I knew that I had a calling on my life in the home, man, because that's what we talked about in the home. We talked about taking cities for God. We didn't talk about this and that. and you know, We talked about eternal stuff. We want to take a city, man. You can preach in my church, man. I'll preach in your church. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take cities for God. So that's what we talked about. And, and I remember when God spoke to me, well, I, at first I thought I was going to Russia. I guess I told you that one before, so I'm not going to go there. But I really did. I, thought I, was going to, I knew I was going to be a missionary, but I thought I was going to Russia. But God changed it up on, in 93. He said, I'm sending you to the Philippines. And I just remember hitting the ground. I heard the voice of God. And I knew I was called to go to the Philippines. But nobody believed me, man. We got, I'm fresh out of the home. We get back. I'm calling Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve, God called me to the Philippines. At least Pastor Steve had a little grace. He said, yeah, just pray about it, bro. Pray about it. <laughs> so I was praying about it. And I called Richard. He goes, nah, you're not going. He hung up on me. And so I called back. I said, yes, I am, and I hung up on him. <laughs> and when we got on the plane, it was only me and him. Hello. So I went. But little did I know what God was going to do with me over there in the Philippines. I, didn't, I just went there to direct the home for like six months. Will, turned into 18 years. Hello. <laughs> Get ready, brother. You never know. But you never know what God's going to do until you take that step. He doesn't tell you the whole plan because he'll scare you away. But I learned that i got to take a step here, and then God will reveal more plan. I'll take another step, and, and God will reveal more, and I'll take another step, and God will reveal more, and I'll just keep stepping and stepping. And once you take that step, every other step becomes easier because you learn to walk by faith. That's the key. Walk by faith. Forget the former things. Behold, I will do a new thing. Jesus said. See, God's doing something new and fresh. But the condition that we have to be in to receive it is to let go of the old. Forget the past. Forget the past hurts, the past pain, all the stuff we went through, our home life, the past, the hurt, everything you did to hurt somebody, everything everybody did to hurt you. Forget about it. Forget about it. Move on. Learn to forgive and, and try to forget and grow. 
and say, you know what, I'm not going to let that hold me back. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies because God, he doesn't remember the past. He puts it in the sea of, he forgot all about it. So what we're supposed to forget, we're a new creation in Christ. We're supposed to forget about it, but unfortunately, when we bury it, we carry a shovel. And when things don't go our way, we dig it up. It's time to drop the shovel. Start carrying the banner of Christ. Forget the past. It's over. It's done. You can't change it. It'll never change. But you can change the future. Amen? Stop looking at everything through the lens of past hurts and disappointments and wounds. Forget about it. It doesn't matter what people say about you. A great man of God once told me, don't worry what people say. That's Pastor Steve. They're going to talk about you. He told us that before we went to the Philippines. They're going to talk about you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't toot your own horn. Let God toot it for you. The truth will always come out. So if people lie on you, it's okay. <laughs> truth will come out. God protects his children. So quit fighting and let God fight. Amen? Got to let it go. Got to forgive. See, you can't play with the world, and I want you to get this, and possess the power of heaven. Can't do it. You can't be one day in, one day out. Can't do it. You can't sit on the fence. I read a book one time by this pastor, and I think it was Seattle or somewhere. And he said, people that sit on the fence between the world and Christ, they're mugwumps. Mugwumps. In other words, they got their mug on one side and their rump on the other side. Mugwumps. I don't want to be a mugwump. I don't even like the sound of that. Even Jesus didn't like the sound of that. It'd be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm... Yuck. It's like lukewarm coffee. I don't care how much you like coffee. If you lukewarm coffee's nasty. Amen. What taste are we leaving with God? Does he want to spit us out? Or does he just want to swallow us? Yeah. Come on. Swallow me, Jesus. Come on now. See. I believe that someone here this morning, you're standing on the edge of your miracle. You're right on the edge between yes and no, just enough or more than enough. You're right right at the edge, man, from following your calling or not. You're just right there on the edge. See, the devil wants you to believe that you're destined to lose. He wants you to believe that. You know, a lot of guys tattoo that on their, on their shoulders. Remember, born to lose. And usually most of them are in prison. Because they believe it. You're not born to lose. You're born to win. Not that I'm saying get a tattoo, born to win. Don't. Don't do that. But have it tattooed on your heart. Because you're born to be a winner. My God's not a loser. He doesn't lose fights. Jesus was the most powerful man of God ever. He was God. 
I mean, if you think about Christ, and, you know, I say this a lot because I trip. When I think about Jesus and what he did on the cross, he was not a wimp. I mean, most of the whip, like the whippings and the scourgings that he went through and the beating and all, it would have killed most men. I don't care how tough you are. You know, he even says in Isaiah, by his stripes we are healed. Well, if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's a singular stripe. In other words, they beat all the skin off his back with those, with those whips. They scourged him bad. And yet, he was still able to call, carry that cross for you and I and be nailed to it as well. He didn't have to do it, man. He was no wimp. He was a tough dude. He was a carpenter. He didn't have uh, black and decker tools. So he had to go out and carry the wood, chop the wood, shape the wood. It was a lot of work, man. He was a tough dude. Had to be. That's our Savior. And so that's how he wants us to be tough. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every area. God, Jesus was the man. <laughs> Last night, little Clayton, he asked me and Greg, or no, he asked me and his dad, who's the most influential man you've ever met? Because we were talking, he goes, well, who'd you meet, like sports figure? I was talking about laying carpets with these rich players and all that stuff. And I said, Jesus. And Clayton said it at the exact same time. Because he's the most influential man in the world. Jesus. Everybody knows. Whether they like him or not, everybody knows about Jesus. And if they haven't, it's our job to tell them. But he's the most influential man. Why? Because he, he's God. He's our Savior. Shouldn't we want to please him? The devil's a liar, man. Because the devil don't want you to understand it's your time for promotion. It's your time to get raised up. It's your time to step out in faith. It's your time to be all God called you to be. It's your time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's your time. Then tell your other neighbors, my time. It's time to break out. Get on that plane, Will. You remember the man at the pool of Bethesda? He was stuck. He was stuck on the sideline. You remember the story. He was laying there waiting for the angel to steer the water because every time the angel would steer the water, somebody, the first guy in, would jump in and get healed. So he's watching everybody else get blessed. He's watching everybody else get their miracle. He's watching everybody else get their thing. And he's laying there. And Jesus walks up to him and goes, hey, man, what's up? Nobody's helping me. What did Jesus ask him? Do you want to get healed? He didn't say, you want to go swimming? Do you want to get healed? He makes excuses. Well, nobody's helping me. How am I going to get healed? He laid there feeling sorry for himself. He laid there, oh, poor me, making excuses. Everybody else is getting their breakthrough, but not me. That's what he was doing. Sometimes we get like that. How come they're getting a breakthrough and I'm not? How come they get blessed and I'm not? How come he's going to Africa and I'm not? Huh? But one day, Jesus is standing right in front of him. Do you want to get healed? At that moment, there was not enough disease to hold him down. 
at that moment, there wasn't enough sickness to hold him down. There wasn't enough poverty to keep him bound. Are you hearing me? And Jesus is asking you, do you want to change? Do you need a healing? Do you need a miracle? Do you need something from me in your life? Then get it. You don't need to jump like everybody else. You don't need to run like everybody else and dance like everybody else. I got something just for you. Are you with me? Are you holding yourself back? See, he was the only one holding himself back. It wasn't the people around him. It was his mentality. He was stuck. It's easy to get stuck when things don't go right. But see, I got to tell you something. The only one holding you back is yourself. Let's take responsibility here. We're in church. Tell the truth. The only one holding you back is you. In Victory Outreach, there's no, no roofs, no limits. You can do anything God called you to do, and we'll bless you with it. We'll pray you out. We'll help you get there. No limits. So it, you're the one that's holding yourself back from leadership. You're the one that's holding you back from building a ministry. You're the one that's holding yourself back from taking a city. I don't know about you. I'm not satisfied just to watch other people be successful. I'm not satisfied to watch other people take cities. I'm not satisfied to watch other people win souls. I want to do it. I want to make something happen. I want my life to count. I want to leave a legacy. Are you with me? See, and that brings me to my last point. We are called to possess. We are called to possess. See, faith is a possessor. It's a possessor. Faith is never, ever, ever satisfied just to watch. If you have faith, you can't watch. Faith without works is Works is Aragon in the Greek. It means corresponding action. If you have faith, you're going to have corresponding action to that faith. That means you're going to be willing to step out. You're going to show people, you know what? Hey, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. He saved my life. He saved my soul. And I'm going to trust him with my life. I'm going to give tithes and all, but I'm going to give my life as well. I'm going to give myself as well. I'm going to give God all that I have, all that I am, all that I become. I give God my family. I give God everything. Why? Because he deserves it. Faith possesses. Once you learn to let Jesus possess your life, it's easy to give up your possessions. I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about your life. Amen? Don't hold on to things so hard you got to get your hand broke or punched in the face by God. Amen? But see, some of you are satisfied. You're satisfied to watch other people get raised up. You're satisfied to watch other people lead a Bible study. You're satisfied to watch other people teach your children. You're satisfied to watch other people win souls. Man, I can't wait till Pastor Stephon brings forth things that we've been talking about. It's going to be exciting. And I hope every one of you are excited about it as I am. Because then we're going to make a great impact in the city. I can't wait. I'm not going to, you know, I feel like telling you, but I can't. It's not my place, and I'm not going to do it. 
But don't be satisfied to let other people get raised up. Say, one day. I remember being in a home, man. I'd be washing dishes. Man, I got disciplined a few times. Washing dishes. I was preaching to those dishes. One day. One day I'm going to get behind the pulpit even though I was scared. <laughs> one day I'm going to take a sit even though I'm afraid. One day I'm going to do something for God even though I can't do anything for myself. One day God's going to use my life. I'm, a, I'm just waiting for my time, man. I want to be ready. I'm preparing myself. I'm going to get my passport. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to do what I need to do. So that way when the call comes, I'm able to go. And yeah. I told him when I was going looking for a job, I'm not going to work on Wednesday night and I'm not working Sundays. So if you're not cool with that, we're done. Hello. Make your request known and God will give it to you. I don't want to miss church. I need church. Church don't need me. I need church. Amen. So you could be like last night, we were at the fight, you know, people were kind of criticizing me a little bit and dogging me a little bit. And they analyzed a little bit. But that's okay. That's fine. You can do all that stuff, but let me tell you one thing. You can't keep me out of my promise. You can't keep me from doing what God called me to do. There ain't no devil in hell that's going to keep me from the purpose and plan of God for my life. And you have to have that same mindset. 2013 is a new year. It's a new chapter of your life. It's time to say, you know what, God? It doesn't matter what happened last year, last five years, last 10 years, last 20 years. This is my year. This is my time. I'm going to change. I'm going to become all I can be in you. I'm going to follow you till the wheels fall off. It doesn't matter where you send me, what you call me to do. I'm going to do it because I love you. No other reason. Because I love God. Love God. Amen? Can't keep me out of my promise. See, for the 40 years, that first generation kept wandering and wandering and wandering in the wilderness until all the doubters died off. First, they had to get, God had to clean house. Hello. All they could do was talk about what they missed. They missed stepping into the promise. You know, they got so close to it, they could see it, but they missed it. Man, what a terrible situation to be that close to your destiny and see it and still miss it. That's where they were at because they were doing their own thing. They were stuck in the past. They were talking about Egypt. They were talking about this and talking about that. Oh, yeah. You know, God's funny. How I many God has a sense of humor? Remember when they were complaining about the manna? God gave them quail till it came out of their nose. Watch out what you complain about. See, you can't be satisfied just to be close. You got to attain it. You got to possess it. Just to think about it. Sometimes we get to that place where, you know what, I want to come to church and I, I want to sing about it. I want to pray about it. I want to think about it. I want to rejoice in it. I want to dream about it. But see, now it's time to be about it. 
it's time to say, quit dreaming, man. Let's step out. Let's make this thing work. Let's make this thing happen. Let's work together as a family, as a team, and begin to take this city, shake it like it's never been shaken. Like it's never been shaken. It's time to move. And yeah, that means it's time to pay the price. Think of others instead of self. Be like our Savior. Selfless. Don't have so much pride you can't teach the kids. I think I'm going to volunteer tonight for the kids. You know? God put that on my heart this morning. I like kids. You know why? They're likable. <laughs> They're not all corrupted yet, man. They're good. They're sweet. They're beautiful. That's why Jesus said you got to become like children. Children are very teachable, very honest, very open, very obedient. Most of the time. But they're still beautiful. We've skirted this mountain long enough. It's time for change. I don't know about you, but I want change. There's a new season, man. I can feel it in the atmosphere. Every time I come to church and I see all of you, I feel an atmosphere of breakthrough. That something is going to break out. Something is going to change. There's something pulling us and drawing us to the purpose of God. It's stirring inside of our spirits. I want you to feel it. When God begins to speak, don't put him to the side, man. Allow him to agitate you, to stir you up, to begin to do something. You know, I, I used to have a, a time, and we all go through this in Christianity. I don't care if you're a leader, you're not a leader. There's times of dryness. There's a times where you, you even get satisfied with where you're at. But God will come in. He'll, he'll punch you in the face. He'll do what he has to do to say, you know what, it's time to change. Because sometimes we get distracted. It's easy to get distracted. I'm just being honest here. But when that comes, man, and you begin to get un uncomfortable and distracted and even agitated, you need to understand it's the Lord trying to change your direction. Because you could be thinking you're doing the will of God, and, and then you find out, no, no, that's not really what he wants. He wants to agitate. He wants to turn you around, go the other direction, because that's where he's going. It's not about where we're going. Oh, bless what I'm doing, God. No, we need to find out what God is doing and say, God, lead me in that direction. That's where you're bringing me. That's where you're bringing us. We're going to the promise. It's time for change. That means we've got to get a backbone. I said all that to say that. We've got to get a backbone. You know, don't get hurt by little stuff. Oh, he didn't greet me in church, whatever it is. Don't get hurt. What did Pastor Steve say? Thick skin, soft heart. Because that's what you're going to need. You're going to need it. Because we're not a kumbaya church. Not, nothing against kumbaya churches. They have their place. That's not us. We're radical. We go head-to-head -head with the enemy. We win souls. That's our job. That's what we do. We, we, we have men's homes. We're going to have a woman's home one day. There's, there's things God is doing in our ministry that he doesn't do in any other ministry. That's our anointing. That's who we are. And we have to understand that when you have a ministry like that, you're cutting edge. And whenever your edge is sharp, you've got to use your sword. You've got to fight. And you've got to understand, man, you can't get hurt by little things. 
We can't be ashamed of the gospel. No more compromise. No more compromise. If we want the power of God, we've got to stay in tune with God. Is anybody here uncomfortable? Agitated? Wish I'd shut up. Is anybody here frustrated? And you really don't know why? You really don't know why. You just feel that there's something else, man. That God wants to do something else, something new, something fresh. It's because we're created for more. We're created to possess. As AJ comes. See, you and I, and you need to understand this, we were created with the capacity to have the same anointing as Jesus through his, through his Holy Spirit. God uses us. Yeah, we're not perfect. Yeah, we make mistakes. Yeah, we have flaws. Yeah, we still get angry sometimes when people cut us off. But regardless... God wants to use your life. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you also received His Spirit. That's the same Spirit that created the heavens and earth, that gave Him the power to heal the sick, open blind eyes, deaf ears, raise the dead. That same anointing is in your life, but you've got to step out. Don't listen to all the hype. Oh, only Benny Hinn could do that. No. Benny Hinn needs Jesus. Benny Hinn can't do anything. But comb his hair funny. Amen? I know God uses him. Praise the Lord for that. But God can use you the same way. If you step out in faith. Is your spirit telling you this morning, it's time for change. What does God have to do to get your attention? What does he have to do? What's he going to do? I believe some people here are ready. You're, getting, you're preparing your heart for 2013. You will never be the same again when you surrender everything to Christ. Many are called, but few are chosen, Jesus said. The chosen ones are the ones that line themselves up with the calling of God upon their life. Now it's time to line up. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we come to you here this morning. And Lord, I know and I understand what you're trying to do within our lives. But we have to say yes to you, no to the world. We have to let go of the past and be willing to pay the price, God. Lord, we want to step into the deep so we can see your glory, Father. We want to see our ministry flourish. We want to see our families be healthy in our relationships, our finances, in every area, God, but most of all spiritually, God. It's time for change.
We don't want to just talk about what could have been. It's time for us to cross over and to receive our promise, our inheritance, God. You have raised this ministry up for such a time as this. We are called to bring change, God. You have called us to walk in faith and to possess nations, to possess cities. Father, I pray as you begin to minister to everyone here, Lord God. If there be anyone here that doesn't know you yet and has not made you the Lord and Savior of their life, I pray you will touch their hearts right where they're at. I believe God is about to do something special at this altar. I feel his presence. I didn't want to speak long because I want God to do what God does. It's not about me. It's not about man. It's about him. There's some of you that are sick in body. You need a healing. You're sick emotionally. You need a healing. Your relationships are a little bit out of whack. You need to fix that. But only God, only God is able. Don't talk about what could have been. By having 2013 be just like 2012. Don't let it be the same. This is your time, heart of the bay, because you have the heart of God. I'm going to ask everyone to stand, and I'm opening this altar. If God has spoken to you, and he's beginning to shake something in your spirit. This is your Jordan right here. And I want you to cross over and allow God to move in your life, in your family. If you need a healing, if you need to receive Christ as your personal.